So don't forget to grab your Easter tickets. Remember, the reason why we do these is so that you know which services are filling up and that you can not only grab a ticket for yourself, but you grab one for the person you're inviting and that you, I'd encourage you, this is what we do. I, Leanne and I buy a gift for the person we're inviting and give them their invitation, their ticket with the gift and we haven't been turned down. Bible says your gift makes room for you. And, and um, people don't come to Easter normally. The only reason is because they weren't invited. So, so I encourage you to make the most of it. Uh, we encourage you to join us on Friday, and we encourage you to join us on Easter Sunday. So we're celebrating what Jesus did on the cross on Friday and celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And then next week is Palm Sunday. And so don't miss that. You're going to get to hear about how Jesus entered the city victoriously. And so, so don't miss out on those moments. And like the guy said, if you haven't done Growth Track, join us this Tuesday. If you've recently given your life to Jesus or never ever done a foundational course following Jesus and what's it all about learning how to follow Jesus this Tuesday, 6.30, join us at the church. So we've been doing an Unstoppable series, and um, this week myself and Leanne actually prepped our message, message together, and then we sort of prepped uh, separately after that. So, so she would have told you the story, but um, I claim the story. I reckon this is, I, you know, I, I, re- I saw this in real life, and it was crazy. But first question is, anyone know what a lily is? Anyone know what a lily is? Okay. <laughs> Not a flower, but in, in the army days, a lily would be a urinal. That's what it is. It's like a mobile urinal that they'd use, they'd set up in army camps. So, so that's what a lily actually is. And yes, there is a flower named lily, but that's what the lily um, I'm talking about. Um, anyone know what a fufuzeli is? Okay, okay. So um, I reckon that in 210, there was a guy who got paid. He stood at the robots. I reckon somebody paid him for 30 days to blow that pupazella. Like, I was impressed by his lung capacity, but that guy stood and blew that pupazella. My office window was down, my office downstairs, and like, every time I said, like, it was, it was incredible. Anyway, um, but, but we were setting up Easter Fest, and, and uh, James and I were actually on the same leadership team, and, and Easter Fest, we, we'd reached the capacity the year before where we had just over 400 kids, and the camp, I think, was set up for like just over 300 kids. So we were, we were under pressure. And then we decided to extend the tent pegs in a way, and uh, we, may, we um, increased the camp's capacity to 700, and uh, Easter Fest then um, is now known as Stad Camp, but Stad, and, and so we went to Feliz Dorp, the SOS camp, and uh, we got an outside tent. Planet Shakers came down flew in from Australia, and we had, it was, a, it was a really massive camp. And then to get this camp across the line, the, the, the heads of um, the Assemblies of God said, we need to hire extra tents for the boys, and, and showers, uh, that like mobile showers, and, and toilets, and then we decided to also get some lilies, the urinals, and, and it was crazy. So we had to hire this. This was like, you know, but we were like, I don't know if they're going to use it, like, you know, because cold showers, but, but we had to get them. We spent the money on it, and and that was for the boys. The girls actually got indoor showers, hot and cold water. And, and I'll let you know that not one of those showers got used. <laughs> and that's when I realized teenage boys only start showering once they like girls. And none of them showered, which is clearly just a, a fact that they were focused on Jesus. So the camp worked. The camp worked. That's what I'm saying. 
but none of them used the showers. It was April and it started to drizzle a bit, so in the means of it was cold out there, but, but no guy used those showers. But pre-camp, we dropped guys off, and that year, the year to service team was, was Dino and Ross, Dino Chikatilo, and then another girl named Lisa, and, and um, that was the year to serve team that year. And they got up, we dropped them off two days early, and I remember driving up and dropping them off, and we were setting up camp, and I was about to drive back, and, and we put the, the toilets, the tent, and then the lilies were there, and, and all of a sudden, Dina ran across and said, hey, guys, look here. Hey, check us out. Guys, I'm going to... We were like... Brittany, you know what that is? What? That's a lily, bro. Guys have weed into that. <laughs> Anyway, so he put it on his mouth, and he's still facing the results. Anyway, no, joking. Um, after that, but, but, but we were all, I must admit, some guys probably could have shouted, don't do it, but it was too good to watch. Anyway, so, and what we learned from this is when you don't know the purpose of something, there's a big chance you're going to misuse it or you're going to abuse it. Okay, and for a lot of us in our life, there are things in our life we're misusing, but even worse, we're abusing. And it's happening all the time. And then you wake up and go, why am I so unhappy? Why am I so confused? Well, you need to discover the purpose of it. You need to find out why it was created, what purpose it was created for, and even more important than the things in this life, for Fuzela and the Lily, is your life. You need to make sure you know what your life's about and also what God's purpose is for others sometimes because you don't want to end up misusing your life or you're abusing somebody else's. You and I want to be living on purpose. We don't want to get frustrated. We don't want to just quit and go, what's the point of life? And people without purpose normally get to that place. They get depressed, and you know what? It's like they leave their post. So many people in the two years of COVID left their post. Some left their post in their marriage, where God had anointed them, they made a covenant, and the purpose was now not only to honor God um, as their father, but also to honor God in that relationship, that God was actually invested, like they were invested even more, and He wanted to bless them. Some people left their post. Some people have left their post even serving on the dream team or in church. But they've left their post in many things because they were frustrated and they got confused and they forgot their purpose. See, when you and I have purpose, we always know that we're going towards something. And that's why our vision this year is to live with the end in mind. Because we know one day we'll return to Christ. And because of that, we need to have a mission. And the mission this year is each one reach one. Because the only thing we get to take with us to heaven is people. And if we can live with the end in mind, then we know that our life is about reaching people, carrying the love of Jesus into our world, on our street where we live, in our workplace, in our school, in our university. But we're gonna live with the end in mind. See, when you forget your purpose, and like people, in, people forgot in that COVID season, in that, I'm trying to call it in the past now, but, but they went, ah, oh, I lost that in COVID and I, I lost that and I left that. No, for people with purpose, our lives aren't about what we're moving away from, it's always about what we're moving towards. Yeah. 
It's always about that we're moving towards heaven. And because of that, every season's got an opportunity. We can always be taking ground no matter what. So I wanna ask you, what is your reason you're living? What's the reason? What's your purpose in this life? In Acts 13, verse 36, it says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Of course, what that meant was when he, when he had served his purpose in his generation, he died. I love that wording. Now when David served God's purpose in his generation. And that's the key because in a way we read that, and we could read it like this, when David served his purpose. But it wasn't about his purpose. And that's the key for all of us in this room. If you're looking for everything you've ever wanted in life, it's all connected to God's purpose. That's the key to life. Not your purpose, God's purpose. And David had served God's purpose. He fulfilled his call. David actually understood why he was placed here. And if you look in the Bible, it says, God made you wonderfully and skillfully in your mother's womb. He saw every day ahead. What does that tell me? He made you well enough and He made you so well that any day that He saw ahead, that He made you to face it and to come through it and to live all those days. What it tells me is you don't have to quit because God made you for what's ahead. You don't even have to question, can I make it? Can I do this with God? Nothing's impossible. And He actually already made you for those days. See, God saw all the days. He didn't see the halfway mark and thought they might quit. He actually saw the whole thing. Satan might try to lie to you, say, it's not worth it. Tap out now. But God saw all of it. So I encourage you, if you're going through a hard time, don't worry with God, you'll get through it. He's already seen what's ahead and He's made you to get through it. He's made you on purpose. He's made you with the end in mind. Now, Dr. Miles Monroe spoke around this topic a lot. Dr. Miles Monroe, was a, he, he's no longer with us, but he's a, a phenomenal pastor, phenomenal preacher and teacher. And he said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. That's the greatest tragedy. And I don't know if you have been living where, where you've actually just stopped living. You know the whole thing, I see dead people? You know what I mean? Like, well, people without purpose can feel like that. They're alive, but they're not. And that's actually the greatest tragedy, and I reckon it's a fear for a lot of people in the room to actually live a life without purpose. I got saved at, and um, I started coming to church when I was 17, got saved um, just before I turned 19, and from that time, for the next four years, I just prayed. I prayed, and I prayed, God, please let me fulfill the plans you have for me. Please let me do what you called me to. Please let me fulfill the purpose that you got for me. And I prayed that for four years straight. I think it's a desire we all have. So tonight, I'm just gonna look at three points around purpose. The first thing is your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. And that's why it says in David, when David fulfilled God's purpose. And that's the key. We're living in a world that says, you've got a purpose. You have to discover your purpose. You have to find yourself. No, no, you need to just find God's purpose. That's the key. That's the map. That's the road you need to take. So of course we see in David's reign from Saul in Psalm 57 verse 2, it says, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill His purpose for me. 
David understood it. It's all about God's purpose. So I cried to God, God will fulfill His purpose for me. David wasn't trying to find His purpose. He wasn't trying to, um, um, he wasn't trying to just do life for himself. His goal was to fulfill God's purpose. And that's what made his life powerful and unstoppable. See, purpose isn't for you. Your purpose in this life is God's purpose. It's for God. If you look at what purpose means, it's original intent. Why did God create you? What was the original intent? And like I said, if you don't know a purpose of something, you're likely to misuse it or abuse it. If you're interestingly enough, if you look at the word sin, the purest definition is an archery term about missing the mark. And for us, when we don't have purpose and we live outside of it, you know what happens? We miss the mark. We're off target and we don't actually live out our original purpose. We don't live out the original intent. You know when people get stuck in that place where they don't know their purpose, they think maybe they should try another relationship. You know, if I just find somebody else, I'll discover my purpose. You know, if I, I just try to find another job, then I'm gonna be happy. You know, if I just go on another holiday, then, then you know what I mean, I'll be happy. Listen, your holiday's cool. Or you know what, if I, I just experience something else, you know, you, you experience everything once that lie. If I just have a fresh experience, then I'll discover my purpose. If I just have this brand, if I just buy this, if I buy that top or these shoes or that car, or I live in this house. But you, but you know what happens? We're saying that life's just this big experiment. We're actually going, life's just this big experiment. If I experiment enough, I'm gonna discover my purpose. If I just experiment enough, I'll find myself. If I, if I just treat myself a bit better, I'm gonna be happy. But all these experiments end up missing the mark. Missing the original intent. God's actually got a plan for you and He's got a path towards that plan. What's amazing is once you discover purpose, it actually helps you to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. Purpose is this gift because you, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. But if you, you know what you're standing for, then you can not lean toward on the wrong things that you can't get a firm foundation in. But, but you eliminate distractions. You know, one of the biggest distractions in life is the curse of comparison. Purpose can release you from that. I find when I'm living on purpose, comparison's out the window. You take purpose out of my life, comparison enters into my life. Look at their life. How do I compare? Where am I at in my age? Where should I, what should I have done? Or what, and I don't know if you're fighting the life of comparison, being tossed and turned by, by every opinion, thrown around. But purpose will diminish distractions. So I encourage you to live on purpose. See, you and I were made for heaven. The Bible actually says that you've got eternity in your hearts. What that tells me is there's nothing in this life that will truly fulfill you. What you are looking for is found in heaven. 
and you need to settle. There's not a place on this earth that will truly fulfill you. You have the joy of serving God and enjoying the blessing of earth, but you enjoy it because you know you're destined for heaven. You don't get fixated on earth and you don't ask earth to give you what only heaven can give you. You enjoy earth. You glorify God in this time. But you don't live trying to find heaven on earth. Yes, there'll be touches of heaven, but, but you still desire. It's, it's there to give you a desire to focus your eyes on, on above, on things above. So we're searching in this world for something this world can't provide. We're searching for eternity, for original um, intent. So I encourage you, your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. That's the first thing I encourage you. Your purpose is God's purpose. The second thing, you don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. I'll say it again. You don't find your purpose, go on this pilgrimage, climb up a mountain, fast for 21 days, you know what I mean? Um, wear a certain cloak and then, you know what I mean? You don't find your, you serve God's purpose. And that's the key. A lot of people don't get it. Well, Andre, once I find my purpose, I'll start serving. No, no, you'll never find your purpose. You serve God's purpose. And this is the thing I prayed for, for for four years, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I was sitting at the back, and I've told you the story, and then um, then our youth and young elders, Pastor Paul Van Collar, walked and said, God, God just said to me, you, you, you're not doing everything God like wants, He's more for you. And I said, I felt God say the same thing. And then He said, you should go pray. So I went home that night, I went to bed, and I prayed, and I woke up in the morning, I prayed, and I had a quiet time. And it's like God said to me, and we didn't even have a year to, uh, year to serve program, God said to give a year to the church. I closed my Bible and I, th- I actually think I heard God tell me to give you the church. And I opened my Bible and read that there was nothing about that there. But I just knew it. I was like, so I phoned Paul. I said, I think God's telling me I need to give you the church. Like organize my finances and I had to, you know what I mean? Organize everything, speak to my parents because I was paying board and I said, and I had a job and I said, I, I really feel. And so Paul said, actually felt exactly the same thing. I, you know what I mean? So Yes. And so, so I was like, is that it, God? I've been praying for four years and all you told me to do is serve? I never knew that that was actually the route. You know what? I went to New York years ago. So funny, I was standing in the back. I, I felt God, so I did a year to serve and I was just past, I felt God say, um, it was weird, like I felt God say, when I was 18, that I wasn't going to travel. And then one day, and I wasn't going to live overseas, but one day he would cause, he would let me travel and do holidays overseas. Just felt, you say, and I was 18. So all my friends were overseas, so I just didn't go. Then eight years later, I felt God go, okay, I'm going to send you overseas now. So, so funny. People say, hey, what are you doing this August? So I had a holiday break then for, I got given five weeks because I hadn't taken holiday. And I just told people, no, I'm going overseas. So, because God told me I'm going overseas. So that's just how I live. So I said, no, I'm going overseas. Anyway, I, was like, I didn't have any money. I was like, yeah. I said, where are you going? I'm going overseas. I'm going overseas. Like, you know, I just started telling people. People thought I was mad. So it's so funny. I was standing behind the sound desk there. There was worship. It was the evening service. The guy said, hey, I heard you're going overseas. I said, yeah. <laughs> Heaven. And this is like three months out now. Now, now I'm on the verge of being mad. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like God, but I just had the sense. So he says, where are you planning on going? So I said, I was thinking of visiting my friend from school in London. Okay. He says, you know what? I'm going to, to America. I'm going to get to New York and drive to Chicago. You want to come with me? I said, okay. He says, then I'll fly you to um, the UK. I'll cover everything. I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 
And then um, when I was in New York, we did a tour. And we were on the bus stop. And I went to travel with this guy and his wife, a very cool family. I know you guys always can start standing with me at the back there now. Um, it, it was it over here, Andre? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't sense the anointing, yeah. Um, and, and so they did a tour and they said, so-and-so lives here, so-and-so lives there. And, and they said, these two like famous people hang out together because they were limos going past. And we thought, geez, is that a famous person? I remember I went to a, a pastor's conference in Las Vegas. I don't know what you're thinking. Does they have in the real? Like, you know, I remember coming to Vegas. So why are you here? For a pastor's conference? Anyway, like, you know, like, okay then. That's what they all say. You know, you know. Um, and I remember seeing limos and thinking, is that famous? And I remember in New York seeing, and they said, these guys hang out. And I thought, you know, if you want to see them, you need to hang out with them. Anyone remember when you, you liked somebody at school, so you started to hang out with their friends? Hey, anyone do that? Like, you know, uh, like, did anyone did that at school? You like someone, now you befriend their friends. And then you're like, hey, how's it, how's it? Chill now, it's just with your friends. We like friends as well, aren't we? <laughs> I know I'm messing around now, but, but my point is, we did that to get close to people. You want to get close to purpose? Serve God's purpose. That's it. You're trying to discover the purpose of your life? Hang out, become a servant. You'll always end up in a place of purpose. Servants always end up. It's the road to living the purposes of God in your life. You don't find your purpose. You serve God's purpose. That's it. That's the key to life. And that's what happened. So I did a year to serve. I'm praying this prayer. All of a sudden I serve and I just pack out chairs, just be available. All of a sudden, it's like everything happened, like the heavens opened. And I was like, this is everything I've ever been looking for. You know, even, even this morning I woke up, even last night I was preparing, I was like, thank you God that I get to go to your church and serve again. And yes, I'm doing it in different ways now. But for me, it's still the same thing. It's changed my life. Serving is the biggest gift God has ever given me. And by His grace, I want to do this all of my life. Not just this. I want to be in His house. I want to serve. I want to serve in the house. I want to serve my neighbors. I want to serve people. It's, it's the key to life. The biggest move of heaven, biggest move of God, He sends His, he sends his Son to earth. And it says, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Biggest move ever. I still think it's the biggest move of God. Serving. I believe it's the biggest move of God in your life, serving. It's not about you finding your purpose. It's all about you just serving God's purpose. Simple maths. I encourage you to do it. So yes, your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is for God. You don't find your purpose. You serve God's purpose. Okay, let's look at the last thing, how. How do we do it? Point number three, if you want to serve God's purpose, sim- here it is, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you straight, simple, if you want to serve God's purpose, serve God's people. That's it. If you wanna serve God's purpose, serve God's people. The rest of your life, that's it, you got it now. You don't have to get distracted. No matter how God promotes you, wherever you are, serve God's people. You don't need to 
change the way you live the rest of your life. The road to life is on the road of a servant. Jesus came to serve. We're following Him. We're becoming more like Him. If you want to fulfill God's purpose, serve God's people. And, and I encourage you to do that the rest of your life, no matter what the age, you can do that anywhere. Joseph served people in a prison. He served as a slave. He served as a leader. You could serve anywhere. You don't have to wait any second. You can serve wherever you're at. If you, whatever you're going through right now, you can serve. And you can fulfill God's purpose. See, the enemy would like you to believe you have to get somewhere, win something, achieve something, be on some stage. You don't need that. You can serve in a prison. You can serve as a slave and you can serve as a leader. You can serve God's purpose every season of your life. You can have fulfillment. You can have the joy. It is the greatest life you've ever lived. There's nothing like fulfilling God's purpose by serving God's people. Myers-Briggs study says the happiest people have got great friends and great purpose. You serve somebody, there's nothing like it. I mean, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Jesus said it. Not me, I'm not trying to trick you. <laughs> the pastor talk, you know. And there he goes again. He's tricked us. He's got us. It's still the best thing that's ever happened to me. And if I don't tell you about it, it's like I'm holding back on you. It's like I'm doing you a disservice. It's like I'm just trying to tell you, hey, come to this conference and you'll be blessed. Or have this encounter, you'll be blessed. Let's so and so pray for you, you'll be blessed. Yes, those things will bless you. But if you want to change your life, serve. <laughs> God's people, I promise you, it changes your life. There's nothing like it. And you can do it the rest of your life. You can do it with money in your pocket. You could do it with nothing in your pocket. You could do it if you've got a house or if you haven't got a house. You can do it. If you're running a business, don't try to sell people stuff. Just serve people. They'll buy the stuff. But if you get fixated on just getting stuff, you'll miss the opportunity to serve some people. People don't care how much you know, so they know how much you care. I encourage you to serve people. How do we serve God? We serve God by serving people. I don't know if the devil's got you distracted. And you stop serving people. It's crazy. You can serve people on your street. You can serve your neighbors. I'm praying for my neighbors right now. Pray for them every night, pray for their households. I'm serving them with prayer, trusting that it goes a bit further. You can serve your street. You can go to work and serve your colleagues and your boss. You're not making them a God, but you're serving them as if you're serving God. You're doing this for God, you're giving His glory, but you can serve, you can go in there. So I'm gonna serve this company so it grows. If you're a boss, you can serve the people working for you. How? You can, you can find ways to, to make sure they're moving forward. Think about their families and their kids and go, you know, is there, have they got food at their table? Are their kids getting education? But, but you can actually serve them. They're not there to make you money. You're there. You've been given the privilege as a boss to serve them. 
to see them flourish. But you have an opportunity to serve people. If you're married, you can serve your spouse. Both of you, not that God's only going to serve me. No, no, both of you. <laughs> the great marriage is made up of two generous people. Not one generous and the other one selfish. But you can serve in your household. And maybe God's placed you, He's already told you, I want you to serve this in your home. And the devil's straight. He got you comparing your life, going, oh, what's my life come to? But, but, but just look what's in front of you. It's your next step. Your breakthrough isn't in 10 years' time or when you win this award or get this many followers. Your breakthrough is as you serve. <laughs> your breakthrough is right. You can serve right now. You can wake up and serve tomorrow. Hopefully you're going to wake up with some purpose. So what is your purpose? Well, I can tell you what isn't your purpose. Your purpose isn't to watch every popular series that comes up. But hey, there's some good series out there. So enjoy it. But that's not your purpose. Your purpose isn't to become famous. You were never designed to become famous. You were designed to make Jesus famous. And if you just aim to make yourself famous, guess what? Your life will become like every other famous person. You'll pour your life out on the world stage and your life will be poured into actually what is like a toilet. And then once you're done, they'll kick you off. They'll flush it down the drain and they'll say, next. And then you'll go, I feel so empty. Why? Because you were never designed to become famous. You were designed to make Jesus famous. That's the only person who's supposed to become famous. So when you do get promotion and you do get victory, make sure you're using it for His glory. Because fame by, on you will crush you. You're not, your purpose isn't just to be well-known and powerful. Your purpose isn't just to save up a whole lot of money. Your purpose is always for God's glory and to serve God's people. David was doing the will of God. He was serving God's people. David wasn't a man after his own glory. He was a man after God's heart. Do you wanna stand up? Do you wanna stand surrendered? Maybe you need to just recommit yourself again to a life of serving others. If that's you, talk to Jesus now. Maybe, maybe something I've spoken about of, of serving on your neighbor or you're in the workplace or your, your spouse or maybe you stop serving in the house, serving in the church, serving God's people. I encourage you to come back to Growth Track this Tuesday. 6.30, discover your purpose. Come this Tuesday. Don't let the devil have his way, have you confused. Discover your purpose so you can make a difference. There are two great days, the day you're born, the day you discover why you're born. If that's you, let me just pray for you. Just put your hand up and say, I need to start serving more, living on purpose. Come on, let's just stand. God, let's lift up everyone. Let's just pop in their hand up. And you even know as people are speaking to you, I pray that you touch their lives. 
I pray they can start living on purpose, serving people. I pray you bless them, God. You see their heart's desire. I pray, God, that you help them discover their purpose so they can make a difference. In Jesus' name. You can put your hand down. But now I want to quickly speak to people who, who need to come back to God. There'd be two pe- groups of people. Maybe you were like me when I was 18. I said to God, I knew it, I heard it. I knew that I was a sinner and that if I died, I wouldn't spend eternity in heaven. But I also heard the good news that even though the wages of sin is death, the gift of God's eternal life and those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's what I did. I came and I said, I'm a sinner, but you're the Savior. I'll call on your name, will you save me? And there's a group of people who need to call on His name tonight. You need to come to God, come back to God or come to Him for the first time. Maybe you've actually called on His name to save you. This is the second group, but He's actually not the Lord of your life. Because we come to Him as our Lord and Savior. And what does it mean? He's not first in your life. He's never come second. He's never come third. He's never come fourth. He's only ever come first. He only, he only takes that position. And maybe you've put your career, your studies, a personal relationship in first, and He's not there. And tonight you want to put Him back as Lord, first in your life. And so you've asked Him to forgive you of your sins, but He's not the Lord of your life. You want Him to lead your life and you want to come back to Him, I want to give you that opportunity for those two groups of people, people who need Him to uh, call on His name, to forgive every sins, and people who need to put Him first in their life. For the first group, you are asking for forgiveness and making Him the Lord of your life, putting Him first. I'm going to count to three, and just on three, boldly, with every eye closed, out of respect for people who do it, boldly just pop your hand up and say, that's me. Scripture says, those who acknowledge Christ before others, our Father, Christ will acknowledge before our Father in Him. They something powerful about saying, that's me, and, and I want to lead you in a confession, a prayer that I pray. So that's you on three. Boldly put your hand up. One, two, three. Pop your hand up. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just put your hand up. You can put your hands down. Your hands up. Anyone else? I don't want to miss out. Let's pray as a church family. Let's pray together. Let's pray loudly. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. I call on your name. Will you save me and be the Lord of my life? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give praise in this place. For everyone who put their hand up, I want to encourage you, if you're serious about your decision, join us this Tuesday night for following Jesus. What's it about? Learning how to follow Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's, it's about Jesus, following Him. And come this Tuesday in this order. Well, come join us in the auditorium and this will be growth track and there'll be another room. But join us here and we'll direct you. But come and do it. Come and take your next step. For other people who need to start serving, growth track is your next step. Or maybe you did growth track a long time ago and you're not serving. Come back and reignite that that sort of um, passion again to serve. And then get going. Don't get distracted. 
Let's hear what God does. I want to encourage you guys, for new people, as you walk out the doors, there's going to be your first cappuccino. And then everyone else, please grab your Easter ticket. And not only for you, grab it for the person you're inviting. This is the season to invite your world. Easter is the greatest opportunity as we celebrate Jesus for our friends to be in that environment and for them to receive Jesus as their Savior. So invite your world. It's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Next Sunday, Palm Sunday, can't wait to see you. God bless you guys. Thank you.